Who is rising? Who is falling? It is that time of the week as we dive into our Big 12 football power rankings as we get into week four of the college football season. Welcome in. I'm Pete Mundo. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is, of course, where you find us covering the Big 12 Conference. And as you're joining this video, if you're on YouTube right now, make sure you're hitting that thumbs up button. Makes a big difference on the podcast. Maybe you just found us. Hit that five-star rating and review. So appreciate you doing that. As we welcome you in from all across the country and all across a Big 12 country, most importantly. Boy, there's a lot of movement in our Big 12 football power rankings this week. And we're going to count it down from 14 to 1. All right, you ready for this? Let's get to it. Big 12 power rankings. We'll start at the very bottom. Uh, last week, the number 14 team was the Houston Cougars. And this week, the number 14 team is the Houston Cougars. Houston now has a loss to Rice last week and also, of course, has a loss to TCU this past weekend, and it could have been much worse against TCU. Now, I'm looking at this Houston team, and I'm just not seeing it. I'm not seeing a Dana Holgerson offense that you saw at the end of his WVU tenure. I'm not seeing a defense that has a lot of teeth to it. There is not a lot happening for the Houston Cougars, and uh, they have earned that number 14 spot in the power rankings this week. Now, remember, this is not based on how I think the Big 12 is going to play out. This is based on what have you done. That's what it's based on. With a little extra emphasis on the most recent week. So Houston in the 14 spot shouldn't be all that surprising for those of you that have been watching Big 12 football. At number 13, plummeting eight spots. Oklahoma State, when you get waxed by South Alabama in front of your home fans, 33-7, in a game you trail 23-zip, you fall to number 13. I had one of my favorite Oklahoma State fans, my buddy C.J. Montgomery in Woodward, Oklahoma, with the great K101 and Z92 radio, text me during the game and ask if Oklahoma State could be 15 in the power rankings. I said, well, we've never done that. And because Houston has put up such a couple of stinkers, Oklahoma State has been spared from the final spot. But the Pokes come in at uh, number 13 on the power rankings this week. At number 12, also dropping three places, Iowa State. Woof, another bad Big 12 game from this past week that we talked about on the podcast on Sunday. If you missed that, just find us wherever you get your podcasts and YouTube videos. And of course, subscribe to us there. Iowa State on the road losing to Ohio out of the MAC in an ugly game. You want to tell me that the second field goal they missed should have been good? I agree. They lost the game. They lost to Ohio. Yes, there was food poisoning involved, but Iowa State uh, just does not look up to snuff, and they deserve that number 12 spot this week. At number 11, Baylor. Now, some of you might say, well, Baylor just won its first game. How is Baylor ahead of Iowa State? Well, technically, both teams are one and two, but uh, it's not really the point. The point for Baylor is they finally got a win. And by the way, they played pretty decently against Utah last week. They just blew it over the last nine minutes. Now, Baylor slept walk through this game. It was a weird game. They only led Long Island 16-7 to at halftime. They were 47-point favorites. And then they had a two-hour lightning delay. Then they, you know, rolled to a, uh, what, 37 victory. Ho-hum. But Baylor, if there's going to be any life to this Baylor team this season, it has to start Saturday 
in primetime on ABC against the Texas Longhorns in Waco, by the way. In Waco. So if there's ever a time for Dave Aranda's team to finally wake up, it's going to be this weekend with conference play starting on their home turf against the Texas Longhorns. At number 10, also falling four spots in the power rankings, a lot of moving and shaking this week. The Cincinnati Bearcats from 6 down to 10. They were off a win against Pittsburgh. But then what happened? A classic moment where they got caught looking ahead. They got caught looking ahead. Oklahoma next week. Big 12 play starting off for the new Bearcats. Big noon kickoff. Fox Sports' pregame show was announced. It was coming their way before the game. And they just were not up to play a rivalry game against Miami of Ohio. Now, I've heard from a lot of Cincinnati fans because, you know, Ohio football in general is new to us in Big 12 country. But as many of you point out, and we see this in states all over the country, you know, a lot of these guys on both of these teams played each other in high school. It's a rivalry game. Uh, It doesn't much matter who the better team necessarily is. And you know what? Blocked field goal at the end of the fourth quarter. Once that game's going to overtime, Miami's got all the momentum. Cincinnati just felt like it was off all night long. And then, of course, Miami of Ohio gets that victory. And um, Cincinnati drops its first game of the season. But now you got to refocus for OU this weekend. So Cincinnati comes in at 10. At number 9, Texas Tech. Now, they actually move up one spot after beating Tarleton State this past week. Uh, here's the thing about Texas Tech. Yes, they're 1-2, and two, and Cincinnati's 2-1. and one. But I've got Tech ahead of Cincinnati because, first off, I, Cincinnati's victories are Eastern Kentucky and Pitt, and I don't think Pitt is a very good team at all. Tech was right in the game at the very end with Oregon. That was a coin flip game either way. And going on the road and losing to Wyoming, a Wyoming team that was tied with Texas to start the fourth quarter in Austin this past weekend, isn't... I mean, it's not a good loss. There's no good loss. But it doesn't look as embarrassing as it did in week one. And, you know, there were a coin flip game with Oregon away from winning. So Tech is still a team that, to me, is going to be competing for a spot in the Big 12 title game by the end of the season. I, I firmly believe that against this team, about this team, not just because I picked them, but I think that's what their ceiling is. So I've got them at nine based on how they played these first three games. And Tarleton State is Tarleton State, but it's finally a win. Number eight on the power rankings, making a big move up the rankings. West Virginia. How about that for Neil Brown? It was my lock of the week. West Virginia minus one and a half. They got it done with the backup quarterback, by the way. And they beat Pitt. Now, I think Pitt stinks based on what I've seen the last couple of weeks. My goodness, that offense is just... Not up to par, but it's the backyard brawl. It's a rivalry. It's in front of your home crowd. Neil Brown had to win that game and give the Mountaineers defense a lot of credit. They were all over the field in that game. They held Pitt to 211 total yards, and uh, we'll see this weekend against Texas Tech. That'll be a good matchup that will tell us a lot about both of these teams. Dropping to number seven from number two in the power rankings this week, Kansas State. Now, you lose a game on a 61-yard field goal. That's an SEC record. Um, It's hard to be too bummed about it. Heck, no one's hit a 61-yard field goal in SEC history. That's what happened on Saturday against K-State. 
But you got to look at the secondary. Um, Will Howard was not completely healthy. And in the end, you were favored by more than a field goal. And it was a game that Kansas State probably felt like in hindsight it should have won. This is a much better Mizzou team than what it's been the last couple of years. You got to give that to Eli Drinkwitz. But um, Kansas State always feels like it loses one of these non-cons. And then, you know, it doesn't really mean much come conference play. But still, if you're a... If you're a K-State fan, that one stings. There's a bit of a rivalry there. Not a huge rivalry, but a bit of a rivalry there that is certainly worth keeping an eye on. And, um, you know, I hope they keep this thing going. It's been fun the last couple of years seeing these old Big 12 North teams play each other in non-conference play. Next up in the power rankings, I've got the UCF Knights at number six. They're up from seven. Timmy time in Central Florida. Timmy McLean, now a quarterback. And, you know, he dominated Villanova out of the FCS. Doesn't teach you a lot, but it's a good confidence boost going into Kansas State, which is coming up this weekend as UCF enters the world of Big 12 play. So I got UCF at six. I got TCU making the move up to five. We know that loss in week one stings against Colorado, but it's not looking all that bad right now. And frankly, I think if TCU were to play Colorado – let's say every week for the rest of the season, I think TCU, let's just say they play 10 more times the rest of the season. I think TCU wins seven of those. Like, I think TCU is a team that's just going to keep getting better. And I think this team already has made huge strides from week one to week three. There's so many new faces here. And they were dominant against Houston, and they could have been better. They could have been even better against this Houston team. Than they were. I mean, the box score doesn't even do it justice at what, 36 13 on how dominant they were in that game. So keep watching this TCU team, and you're going to see them get better and better every single week. They're at five. At number four, the Kansas Jayhawks, they dropped from number three. Um, you snuck out of Nevada with a win. That's the best thing you can say about that game. You snuck out of there with a victory, you take it. You run with it, but dang, you didn't want it to be that way after being 28-point favorites going into the game. So thankfully, Jalen Daniels is healthy. Uh, there's no major issues there. But my, oh my, uh, that's not the kind of late night that KU fans wanted to be dealing with on the road on Saturday. But it's also why I picked Nevada to cover because I just felt like that had weirdness written all over it. 9.30 kick, Reno, Nevada. I just strange things. So, um, but KU only dropping one slot to number four this week. All right, let's get to the top three of the Big 12 football power rankings here on Heartland College Sports. Thanks for joining us. I'm Pete Mundo. Uh, number three, taking a dramatic pause because some of you are going to be upset. I've got Oklahoma at number three in the power rankings this week. Now, OU has looked fantastic thus far. There's no denying that. But they haven't played a Power 5 program. Remember, this is not how I predict the season to shake out. This is what have you actually done and who have you played. Their non-conference has been Arkansas State, SMU, and Tulsa. So let's pump the brakes here for a second. It's what you've actually accomplished, not who I think is going to be favored on a neutral field right now. If OU keeps rolling, they will continue to rise into the top two of the power rankings. But for now, I've got OU at number three. Yes, they dominated once again Tulsa. It was Tulsa. 
please let's play Power 5 opponent that starts this weekend before we start complaining about how I've got them at number three in the power rankings. That's why I've got them there. Not because they can't win this league, not because they don't look like one of the best teams in the conference, if not the best team in the conference they have thus far. I just want to see it against better competition, and that shouldn't be too much to ask. At number two in the power rankings, I have got the BYU Cougars jumping from 12 to 2. When you go on the road and you beat Arkansas in SEC country, you end up in that number two spot. That's why I've got them there. They deserve it. You go on the road to an SEC program and you get a win and it's not Vanderbilt, you know what? Pat yourselves on the back. And you come back after being down 14 nothing. Arkansas brings a punt return back to the house on its home field. And you guys dig out of that hole. That's impressive for the Cougars. So I've got BYU at number two. And I said it last week when I had BYU down at 12. I said, I just, I don't know what to make of them right now. They haven't played anybody. But this weekend's going to tell us a lot. And they went in the Fayetteville as an eight and a half point underdog and got a very good victory. So BYU deserves that slide at number two in the power rankings this week. And at number one in the power rankings, the Texas Longhorns. I know, it was scary there for a minute as they were on the ropes against Wyoming for three quarters, but they scored 21 unanswered in the fourth, and um, they got the job done. And, of course, now the Alabama win starts to look a little shaky after what Alabama did against USF this past weekend, struggling against the Bulls of South Florida, but... It's still the best win by a mile in this league. They deserve the number one spot, and I've got UT, of course, in the top spot in our Big 12 football power rankings. But all that can change starting this weekend when conference play really gets underway in the Big 12 conference. All right. Thank you, OU fans, by the way. Many of you are chiming in right now on YouTube and Facebook Live, and if you're liking the show... Please hit that thumbs up button, by the way. Uh, there's, there's hundreds of you who have not done that. So please take a second out. Hit that thumbs up button for me. YouTube likes it when you do that. Thank you to OU fans. I've got all of you guys thus far being cool with my power rankings. So I'm cool with you. I mean, we were always cool. Heck, I, you know, I used to live in Oklahoma. My first full-time radio job was in the... Uh, Woodward, Oklahoma area, covering the tri-state there of the Texas Panhandle up to southwest Kansas and, of course, northwest Oklahoma. I love the people in northwest Oklahoma, but some OU fans have been upset with me lately. But I'm glad that you guys are cool based on the feedback that I've got here thus far tonight on um, OU coming in at number three. As for the signs, I mean, guys, let's have some fun here, all right? For those of you watching on YouTube and Facebook, yes, I got the OU in Texas signs flipped upside down. Come on. It started off as just the the horns down, and then I said, let's have some fun with OU as well. But I'm going to break you guys down fairly. I, you know, I think you know that if you've been a follower of this show for a very long time, but we're going to have some fun with it too. That's what this show has always been about. So thank you guys for being here. Thanks for joining us on Heartland College Sports. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but Mike Gundy. So Mike Gundy talks to the media on Monday. And Mike Gundy's coming off arguably his worst loss as head coach at Oklahoma State. He's got no idea what he's doing at quarterback. Well, (laughs) Mike Gundy said about his quarterback that 
basically they're going to keep rotating. And here's the quote from Mike Gundy. There's nothing that's changed, I guess is what I'm saying. They were all pretty good, referring to Gunnar Gundy, Alan Bowman, and Garrett Rangel on Saturday in a loss to South Alabama. Let me repeat that. Mike Gundy said they were all pretty good when they all absolutely stunk against South Alabama on Saturday. How could you – I mean, it's one thing to stand behind your guys. I get it. Like, I really do. I'm not saying you got to go full-blown Dana Holgerson, who if you missed it, Dana Holgerson literally was like, the offense is embarrassing right now after Houston lost to TCU. I'm not saying you got to do that, but my goodness, to say all three guys look pretty good? Look at... <laughs> Let me share this with you. The QBR, right? The quarterback rating. A metric that gets used if you're a diehard college football fan. The quarterback rating combined... Between the three quarterbacks, Gunnar Gundy, Alan Bowman, and Garrett Rangel, the combined QBR is under 30. Gundy had a QBR of 21.6. Bowman had a QBR of 2.3. Rangel had a QBR of 3.1. Meantime, the South Alabama quarterback, Carter Bradley, had a QBR of 91.3. You got to be kidding me, Mike Gundy. The quarterbacks look pretty good based on what metric? Right now, I'd have to see these guys play against a 10 man defense or go back to peewee, you know, football to look pretty good based on what I'm seeing at that position. Now, I've said I'd go with Gunnar Gundy, and I still would stand by that and roll with Gunnar Gundy and just see what the heck happens starting this week against Iowa State. But I, I don't know how you walk up to the press conference and say these guys look pretty good. And by the way, uh, the Oklahoma State media, oh my goodness. God bless them. I mean, I I know a lot of folks who have covered Oklahoma State who do, but man, there was no teeth to that press conference today at all. The worst loss, I mean – the, the, the worst loss in well over a decade that I can think of from Mike Gundy. Way worse than the Central Michigan loss in 2016. That was just a crazy ending, right? I mean, this was pure domination by South Alabama in front of your home fans. And the media, I, I mean, no cojones what to speak of anywhere from the Oklahoma State media in the press conference on Monday. I was just stunned by how pathetic that was. Holy cow. So I don't know what's going to happen here going forward, but Gundy's got to figure this thing out, and he's got to figure it out fast. I love Mike Gundy. I'm a big fan of Mike Gundy. You know, like I said, when I was out in Northwest Oklahoma, I covered him. That was in his earlier days. Not early, but earlier days. And I'm just a fan of his personally and professionally and what he's done. But there's a part of me that's starting to wonder, and I'm not saying this definitively, but starting to wonder if Mike Gundy is not cut out for where college football is today. I think it's a fair conversation to have. Is he up for the NIL craziness, the transfer portal wildness, realizing that, you know, you might lose guys, you got to go get new guys. Like, you have to play the game. And if you don't want to play the game, if you don't want to play by the new rules of the game, then don't play the game. 
that's kind of all there is to it if you're Mike Gundy. I mean, he's got to make that decision for himself, uh, but that's the reality of the situation right now in college football. So, boy, but that when I saw that, I was like, holy cow. Now, when you look around the rest of this league, um, you got to look at it and say, okay, it's always about the quarterback. It always will be about the quarterback. And that's where Oklahoma State is obviously struggling mightily right now. But when I'm looking at this league, I'm saying, okay, I know Dylan Gabriel, Quinn Ewers, Jalen Daniels, uh, Will Howard, combine those four. I think those are your four best quarterbacks right now in the conference. If you're looking at it top to bottom, we could debate the order right now. But you got to have the quarterback, especially in this league. In a game and a year and a conference that is going to be decided by field goals here and there, and I think wild endings all over the place, you got to have the quarterback in place. And if I'm looking at how these quarterbacks stack up against each other, those are the guys that I'm looking at right now. And that's why those four teams should be looked at as the most legitimate contenders in the conference as we go into conference play. Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, And then, of course, Kansas State. Now, you might be able to sell me on TCU depending on how they come along. I like Chandler Morris. I mean, heck, he won the starting job last year against a guy who ended up finishing runner-up for the Heisman Trophy. So there's stuff to like there about Chandler Morris. But he's got a brand-new cast of guys around him, and uh, they're going to get better and better and better as the season goes on. So that's what I'm looking at right now. I'm saying to myself, With these teams, with these 14 teams, those are the four. Now, some of you are pointing out, some of you are pointing out that the second best quarterback is on the bench at Texas Tech, Baron Morton. That may be true. And I know that some of you want to move on from Tyler Shuck right now. And I don't blame you for feeling that way. But Tyler Shuck has hung in there, he stayed true to this team. And until he throws up a real stinker in conference play, I'm willing to allow Tyler Shuck to continue on as quarterback of the Texas Tech Red Raiders. But I would have him on a short leash. We saw what Baron Morton did. Now, it was Tarleton State, so you take it with a grain of salt. But uh, Baron Morton was very efficient in that game. 8 of 13, 72 yards, a couple of touchdowns, and just one pick. Shuck struggled for much of the night. So if you want to tell me that Baron Morton should be the guy going forward. I'm okay with that. I would keep Shuck on a short leash, but I would let him start. And then if it's not working out, pull the plug, go to Morton and see how he does. But this game against West Virginia, a West Virginia defense on Saturday that's very good in Morgantown is going to be a heck of a matchup to keep an eye on. And of course, we'll have previews for you uh, later in the week. Now, that being said, uh, this weekend, Slade, of course, We'll do all that preview stuff here coming up. Uh, But we did also get kickoff times for next week. So next week, this is week five, last Saturday in September. We got Cincinnati-BYU Friday night. We knew that game was going to be a 9-15 kick on ESPN. And then we got a Saturday slate, no 11 a.m. games, all afternoon and night games. But uh, the only primetime game, and how about this? Kansas at Texas, and not primetime, but... I should say major TV slot. Kansas at Texas, 2.30 on ABC next Saturday. If Texas beats Baylor this weekend and Kansas beats BYU 
and you've got two undefeated teams in Austin and what might be the two best quarterbacks in the Big 12 in Quinn Ewers and Jalen Daniels. That has fun written all over it next Saturday. So that's going to be on Big ABC next week. Baylor at UCF, uh, that'll be 2.30 Central Time next week on FS1 or FS2. Uh, you got Houston at Texas Tech, 2.30, also FS1 or FS2. So one of those games will be FS1, one will be FS2. Iowa State at Oklahoma, 6 o'clock FS1, and West Virginia TCU, 7 o'clock on ESPN2. So uh, Big 12 getting all afternoon and night games next week, and then, of course, the Friday night game, which you're going to have to get used to in this league. I think we're, we're headed towards more um, Friday night games in this conference. I know for a lot of us that messes with high school football, but I don't see that changing anytime soon. I think that's going to be the way of the world and the way especially in the Big 12 going forward. I'm Pete Mundo, HeartlandCollegeSports.com. Great to have you guys here. Thank you, as always, for joining us and being a part of this show, as many of you are each and every week, each and every night that we're doing it. Before you leave on YouTube, subscribe, hit the thumbs up button. Great way to help the show. And then also just subscribe to the podcast. We're trying to get to 700 ratings. I said before Halloween, but I think we're going to get there long before that. I think we're going to get there by the end of this month with the rate you guys are going. And we got the Heartland College Sports Koozies. Leave a rating and a review. And then just send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at Heartland College Sports. We'll get you guys all hooked up. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you soon. Take care and check us out. Join us on the Heartland College Sports message boards as well. They're free on the website. We'd love to further the conversation with you there. And follow us as well on Instagram. A lot of good stuff coming on Instagram. Just search Heartland College Sports. Have a great rest of the day. We'll talk to you guys soon. Go Big 12. Take care.